truly did not believe that I belonged in that experience. The Giants believe I had the jersey on, I have the contract that I signed, mm. I have like little like little baseball cards. I mean, someone actually asked for an autograph one time. I remember thinking like, you don't want this, you know, like these people believe in me, but I didn't believe. What I told myself is, you know, that, that will never happen to me again. It will never happen to me again. It doesn't mean that I'll win every moment, but I'm sure as hell going to know that I deserve to be in that moment. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber, and I'm here today with a GoBundance OG, John White. He is an investor, entrepreneur, tax-advantaged insurance, life insurance, and estate planning expert, father, husband, and so many more things. John, man, thanks for being on today. No, thank you, Jamie. This is great. I love it. And if you're watching on YouTube, he's got this incredible office. So there's a, there's a prompt. If you're listening, switch over to YouTube so you can see what's going on behind him. But John, let's get a little backstory from you, man. You've been in the tribe a long time, but what's the story? What's your beginnings? Where are you from? Kind of give us the uh, the uh, the beginnings of John White. Yeah, so I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a small community in a family business uh, and then um, very rural area, South Carolina, went to college to play baseball to a small college. So very much of my beginning story was always kind of in this, everything was small. You know, people don't leave this area. People don't go to the schools. People people don't play athletics in college where I came from. Uh, people go back and stay there. People don't dream big and think things are possible. So that was very much kind of in the beginning. And then and then in college, um, there was a moment where um, a coach on our team uh, pulled me to the side and said, "You know, you you have a chance to be drafted." And uh, I had never been told that before i never thought that before like going going to college was kind of my um kind of my major leagues if you will related to baseball and uh that probably sparked uh something in me that has affected me ever since and uh and that just kind of created um this vision of like what 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 really more is out there that i'm not aware of and then also in college i met my wife who was a college athlete as well who comes from a professional sports family uh, she lived in Atlanta. So we live in Atlanta now. Uh, we've been married. I've been married to Carrie for 14 and a half years, three kids, uh, Jack, Anna, Sailor, uh, nine, seven, and four. And so it's been a whirlwind of 14 years. There's no doubt about it. Um, I've been in my business for close to 15 years. I uh, really uh, kind of grew up in the insurance business. Uh, my mother was in the insurance business. Her dad, my grandfather was in the insurance business. So I kind of grew up in a family of serving others and um, taking care of people. And uh, so I kind of always thought that's what I wanted to do. But between being exposure to my my exposure to my wife and her family, mm. and then I ended up going on and having a chance to play a professional baseball in the San Francisco Giants organization. Mm. Like those two things are sort of my first ever like lid lifting experiences. You know, we're like, hey, we're not in Kansas anymore, <laughs> and uh, and there's a whole world that's out there. And uh, so that was all in. Um, uh, 2007. So I played in the summer of 2007 and um, only, only played that one year. I te technically retired the same year that uh, Brett Ford retired, I think, from the, from the Packers. So um, I, I maybe I could have played two or three, but, you know, I, I knew what I wanted to do, which is what I'm doing today. And I wasn't making any money. I started spending more money in Scottsdale, Arizona than I was making at the time. And uh, so moved forward uh, with a little bit of guidance, actually, from my father-in-law. So um, didn't go back, just played that one year and uh, have been in the insurance business essentially since yeah. uh, since 2009. 
And he, so you played that one year. I remember you sharing a story with me about uh, a big lesson that you had. I think it's funny. Ironically, I'm in the Dominican and I think it involved like a Dominican pitcher or something, but I'd love for you to share that story. Cause I think this was a, a you explained it. I don't know if you were sharing it with me. You might've shared it on a stage at a GoBundance event or maybe both, but um, I love the lesson you got out of this. Do you mind just kind of diving in and, and, and going through that? Yeah, it's a lesson that continues to show up in my entire career, in my life, in my in my business, and I'm often having to be reminded of this. But uh, there there was a time, uh, you know, half, halfway through the season, uh, I'm I'm starting about every four games. So number one, if you're you know, there's five tiers of minor leagues. If you're in the lowest tier and you start every four days, you're probably not going to make a lot of money in baseball. Uh, but this is one of the days that I you know I know I'm going to have a chance to start. A couple of the other guys that played every four days were also starting and so we were in we were in the dugout and this would happen occasionally you start to hear some whispers usually it has to do with maybe a major league player that's on the other team who's rehabbing or a big prospect mm -hmm. uh in in this case uh it, it was the pitcher for the other team was the number one pitching prospect in the texas rangers organization and i remember sitting kind of on the back of the bleachers so you know where you normally sit on your butt and you put your stuff behind you I'm actually sitting on that part uh, the up high and there's a teammate was sitting beside me and uh, we're watching this picture warm up. Now I played at a small college. So in a small college, somebody throws 90 miles an hour. That was, that was really hard. And we were consistently seeing probably 92, 93 kind of in this league that I'm in. And so I look out and I'm, there's this, it's a young guy, uh, but it's this huge uh, Dominican player, just big, like six, five, two thirty five. I always say he looks like a, college defensive end hmm. and uh and he's throwing 97 98 99 yeah. and uh and now mind you the lowest level minor leagues there's not a lot of people at the games yeah. so the, so um, at first i'm thinking what the hell am i going to do with this uh, my second thought is i'm glad nobody's here to watch what's about to happen yeah. uh third is i'm certainly glad my mom and my girlfriend my now wife are not here yeah. and so this is kind of my self-talk right at the same time, I hear the guy beside me who also plays every four days. Uh, he says, "I'm, I'm going to rip his shit like, out loud, verbally." And uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I look, I look at him like, "Man, like you don't stand a chance." You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't say it because he's not a friend. Like we can sure. be fighting, but that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so anyway, so I go up to bat, first inning. Uh, first pitch, you know, almost like a little leaguer, a little bit, you know, like. I hope this doesn't hit me uh and then just like take a hack and uh, and take a hack and uh turn around the balls in the catcher's glove catcher's throwing it back it's like, damn. all right let's try again you know hack swing and miss hack swing and miss like glad that's over i go sit down and then my teammate actually was batting after me he goes up and first pitch rips it into the outfield for a base hit wow and uh, I remember thinking, like, I can't believe he just hit that. And uh, and so, you know, that was towards the end of our season. And so when I decided not to go back, and I think this is, you often refer to as a genius of yours. And I always say it's a genius of mine, but something I do well is a, is a lot of reflection mm. and a lot of learning from lessons. And so I thought to myself, you know, what could I learn from this experience? And uh, my my number one takeaway, my number one takeaway was was that day. And that day, I didn't, I did truly did not believe that I belonged in that experience. I truly didn't believe that I deserved to be in that batter's box versus that guy that day. 
you know, I, uh, that was not in my core. My core was, I'm either happy to be here and I'm, and I'm a little bit nervous. I probably shouldn't even be here, you know? Um, but when I thought about it even more, it's like, why, why did I not believe mm. the giants believe I had a Jersey on, I have, I have a friend in my basement that says San Francisco on the front. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had the jersey on. I have uh, the contract that I signed. I still, I still have it. Mm. I have like little pictures, you know, that like little baseball cards. I mean, someone actually asked for an autograph one time. I remember thinking, like, you don't want this, you know. But, like, I have like these people believed in me, but I didn't believe. Wow. Right. And, yeah. and so what I told what I told myself is, you know, that that will never happen to me again. It'll never happen to me again. Doesn't mean that I'll win every moment. But I'm sure as hell gonna know that I deserve to be in that moment. And 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 for me personally, kind of where that hits me is like, you know, there's a little bit of spiritual belief behind this. But it's like, hey, whatever moment we're in, wherever we are, whatever room we're in, you know, we deserve to be there. We're there for a reason. People are there. And so, you know, in my business, as part of my job is to early on, especially when it was harder, to meet people who with high net worth, make a lot of money, seven-figure income, multiple seven-figure incomes, multiple. 100 million net worth many times, you know, I would question for just a second, you know, like, do I deserve to be meeting this person? And then, but yes, I, yes, I do. And like that, that, that state of shift probably altered my entire business in the very beginning. And I, and I ended up working with very successful people very early. And I've learned that that belief was a big part of it. And, you know, fast forward, uh, when we get into Go Abundance or you get into the Sin program and then Go Abundance Elite and then Go Abundance Champions. You know, I always see in here uh, people get invited into these rooms. They paid the money. They, they their their contract was reviewed. You know, you or you know Matt King lets them in, and then yet they still question that they deserve to be there. Yeah, you know, everyone's there accepting them. Go bonus allowed them to be in, but then they you know they question that they deserve to be there. Same could be true with other people's professions. Uh, as they elevate, there's always that next level, and usually the first step of the next level. Uh, we question that we belong in that setting and the answer is yes or or you wouldn't be there in the first place i want to dive deeper into this especially given you've been in go since 2014 you've been around a long time but i do have two things i got to clean up the dominican pitcher anything happened with him do we know him um no no <laughs> that's funny the guy I, that I, ironically yeah. that pitcher and then the number one prospect on the giants entire organization was on our team mm. and neither neither one of them played in the big leagues not crazy. So to your point, right? Like, you know, this is, oh, he deserves, I don't, but neither of you, neither of you, you both achieved the same level of, of whatever. Yeah, um, right. I probably make more money than he does now. Yeah. And I'm assuming your buddy didn't make it either, even though he had that hit. It wasn't like that didn't no. launch a, a major career for him or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, he spent four years of like chasing this and we're Facebook friends and I see him all the time to think about this story. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, you, it's funny, you mentioned about 2007, you retired the same year as Brett Favre. I always say uh, Kobe Bryant and I both graduated and uh, were eligible in 96. He just got drafted earlier. That's all. He got drafted way, way sooner than I did in 96. Um, let's go to abundance for a minute. I love this point that you're making about can't, you know, I, I don't know if I deserve to be in that room if I belong here. Uh, I had that experience, to be honest with you, my first six months sure. and three, four years ago, like, oh my God, I, 
you know, I walked in feeling, all right, yeah, hey, I, I guess I qualify. <laughs> I, like you, I got drafted. I guess I should be here. But then once I enter the room and you hear the stories and you see what's going on, I immediately projected on everybody else my own insecurity. And therefore, I played it really small for a while until I learned you know, I had an experience getting live with guys. I think that was so essential getting live with guys and seeing like, these are men just like I am, you know, the balance sheet doesn't make the man better than worse than, or whatever. They've got stuff they're dealing with in their relationship as fathers in their health or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're all, we're all just men. Right. But for you, for you, did you ever have that? So you had this experience with this pitcher. 2014, you get invited to come to a Go Bun- your first GoBundance event. Like you said, yeah, hey, somebody's, somebody said you belong here. Did you ever have that experience of, no, I don't? Or does it happen still to this day? Um, I, I could say uh, that that very minor thought could creep in just for a second, but it doesn't stay there because of that experience. You know, mm-hmm. my first GoBundance meeting in, in 2014, I was um, 29 years old. I just had a baby. Uh, I'm the, one of the very few, not in real estate, not in at Keller Williams at the time. You know, I don't know a lot about cash flowing real estate. I know about reoccurring revenue businesses because I know about the insurance and investment businesses. So I'm very much in philosophy with everybody. Um, so, but I, I just stay genuinely curious, you know, like, you know, personally as an identity, we're talking about as people, right? I, I learned early and was around a lot of, a lot of big time athletes early. Yeah. Like they're, they're people, you know what I mean? I mean, we saw you interview Jesse the other day, like Jesse's got, uh, I so he uh, he has things going on. He's a person, you know. So I don't yeah. feel that way when I'm when I'm when I met him. It's like, bro, we're we're equal. Your wife makes a lot more money than me. You sold some businesses, <laughs> sure. But like as people, fathers, yeah. like we're dealing with the same shit. Yeah, all day, all day. Yeah. So so for the guy entering the room, the guy maybe that's out there right now that's in GoBundance or that's about to join, or maybe hasn't joined because of that on this part, and maybe well, let me go with this. The big fear is, I don't know that I add any value here. Okay, great. All right, I belong because I have the net worth. You say I belong. I, I, John White, I believe you, right? But what, what value can I possibly add? How do, you, how do you overcome that or even coach somebody to overcome that? Yeah, um, I, I, I've had that thought a lot, actually, uh, especially early in my business. You know, I know what I know. I kind of joke as, uh, as we mentioned, I met, got into GoBundance because uh, David Osborne became a client. So it's like, hey, I, like David knows everything about business more than I do, except for life insurance. I know my <laughs> lane, right? Right, right. You know, there's parts where I was actually, you know, married a little bit. I've been married longer than him. So I've had, you know, so there's, but like you, you always have kind of your space that you know more than most around you, for sure. So, so I knew that. But outside, you know, what do you give outside of that? Because I'm a big believer of giving outside of your own business too. And and so early on, you begin to see uh, what are people longing for. People mm. are longing for relationship. They're longing for connection as humans. They're longing for uh, new, a new friend. And so, or a new business partner or new advisors on their team. So kind of backing into, you know, what I learned early is that the number one thing that I can give somebody is a connection to a new relationship that could potentially change their world or add value to them in their business. Um, One of the most 
of, of, of all the either money that I have made or things that have been created, then even connections. And like just through time, I've had GoBundance guys have reached out to me. So I've worked with several GoBundance guys and many have become some of my best friends. Mm. The number one connection that I got in GoBundance was to a therapist. Mm. And 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 my and my that my wife and a counselor that my wife and I have seen that's been in, instrumental in kind of elevating our relationship and our marriage, and I and I li- I can say that that counselor that therapist I got I've got her name having breakfast with a GoBundance, um, with a with a uh, GoBundance brother, and and so of all the other things that GoBundance has created value, it's like that connection. Um, it was more important than anything. So, so the same for others, you know, it could be something outside of their business, could be a book, could be, you know, Hey, you should meet this person. And we see those exchanges happening all the time, you know, especially yeah. online and introducing people, but um, you know, people who are new in the go abundance, whether it's champions elite or ascend, um, you know, they all have value uh, as, as people. And they also know other people who would be valuable to the group. And so yeah. kind of thinking from a giving mindset and giving a relationship mindset. Dude, that means, so when I talk to somebody about masterminds generally, right, whether it's GoBundance or something else, somebody's thinking about joining, you're going to pay money to join this networking group. I think it maybe I, I was an employee for a long time. So maybe it's an employee mindset, but it's like, wait, wait, wait okay, I'm paying 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever, $1,000. Um, it's not a consultant. You're not a consultant. You're not a coach. I kind of get that. Like, it's just a group. Like I'm paying 20 grand. Like, no, no, there's, there's, I'm supposed to get something, a keys to a car. It's 20 grand, right? I'm supposed to get something back. Like, what do I get? And and the mind, I don't know, like the mind fuck up of it to some extent is what you got. And just tell me if you agree with this. I think you do. What you got was access to a group of people aligned around a common ideal. Like in our case, in the GoBundance case, it's I want to be the best version of me as a man that I can be as a husband, a dad, in my wealth, in my health. It's not just about I want to build my business and make much money. But for whatever you pay, you get access to a group of men that are aligned with you from a from a, a, a cultural standpoint, a like-minded standpoint, that you now get to serve. And in that service is where the get comes. Fair? Yes. Right? I feel like yes. that's the way, it, and you've demonstrated that. Like, so it looks like you want to say a little more on that. Go for it. What, what do you want to add on that? Well, I mean, at this, at, the, at this stage, you know, there's a lot of people in GoBundance, and there's a lot of people who I also see pitching their businesses and pitching opportunities, you know, and usually those people don't stay around. It's true. Um, you know, usually. Um, I, you know, we were just in Austin uh, last week for a GoBundance Champions meetup where, where spouses, you know, a lot of spouses were there, and my wife Carrie was there with me for the first time. You know, and, and for the many people in that room, you know, half of the room I, I've never met before, yeah. half I've met several times, have very intimate conversations, you know, but for, for me to have kind of a service-based business, you know, I don't go around the room thinking about that business. I go around the room thinking, how do I connect with people? Because I've experienced how they've changed me, yeah. you know, and, and for them to be able to meet my wife finally, and for her to be able to meet some of these people that I've talked about. You know that like that's priceless, quite frankly. Um, and we're all going to go through a storm at some point in our life, and many of us are going through a storm right now. And mm-hmm. you know, and and so this is a group that you turn to, you know. And I can be vulnerable with her, and I say, hey, there were meetings that I came that you know maybe we weren't 
you know, just as, as equally yoked as we are right now, you know, like these were guys not in my community I could talk to about it, yeah. you know, and, 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 um, Tommy Christie yeah. yesterday sent me a video. I see Tommy twice, maybe twice a year in person. We don't talk a whole lot, uh, just one-on-one like, like this. Sure. He sends me a video. I was like, hey, man, I heard that you were in Austin and Carrie was with you. And I was just thinking about you and you were on my mind this morning. And I, you know, it's made some other comments and like, have a great Thursday. And I'm like, here's a guy across the country. And when I see him, we hug. We probably have both have cried at some point over like a six year period, you know. And it's like, there's no reason for us to even be associated with each other except to be authentic mm. like there's no there's no bullshit because it we we don't we don't, I, he didn't live in, in my neighborhood you know right. I mean? yeah. and so and then you have a whole group of guys like that where you know people get real quickly you know there's no point in wasting each other's time people can be vulnerable and so um you know when i see guys in abundance and, and give hugs i mean they're they're, they're real you know yeah. I mean? and people yeah. and, and, that, and that to me is worth the price every single year that's not counting you know some cost seg idea somebody gets or some tax strategy idea somebody gets or the fact that if you did this for 10 years whatever your fees were you're probably going to make that money in something in something potentially in savings and taxes could be in saving your marriage because you don't lose 50 percent of your net worth you know because you meet somebody it could be that you don't die of a heart attack at 50 because because of some accountability of others that are around you you know so it's very small it's i think it's very short-sighted when people kind of question this in like just 12 to 24 months i mean you really have to look at it over a scope and kind of be able to look back now where this has been almost i guess eight years worth you know it's, it's life-changing people who are in long enough they almost almost everybody will say the same thing yeah, no, no doubt. I, I'm, I'm going on my fifth year uh, soon. I'll be um, four years full in, right? I'm going on my fifth year. And that, for, I, no doubt when I joined, it was like, let me try this for a year and see what I get. Like That was definitely my mindset. No doubt about it. When I talk to people now, um, I like to, I like to, what you just said really resonate. I like to liken this to don't, don't look at GoBundance and anybody who's in GoBundance or thinking about GoBundance. I mean, don't look at it like something you do, like a program, like a like a, a course, right? It's like it's like moving into a neighborhood where all the neighbors are, you know, successful uh, men who are driven to be the best versions of themselves. And understand that there's going to be times where you're at every backyard barbecue and kid play date. That's just life is allowing that. And there's other times when you're not as able to be as engaged, right? But that community is still there. So the here and the there, like, yeah, man, I know I haven't made it out recently. Sorry, I've been so busy with X. Same thing, right? But you have to look at it that way. It's uh, it's it's a long term. Because I know for me, I'm in. I calculated it recently. I'm over seven hundred thousand in in what I could calculate as as equity and cash return that I've made because of my membership in GoBundance, and that's four years, right? So to your point, uh, I, the number will only go up from there. And it's it's it's. I didn't even think about to your point, like this. St- <laughs> The stuff my wife probably would have left me over if not for being talked off a ledge by like my pod. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's true. But there's times where I'm like, 
she's I, I, I'm, I'm at my wits end right now. And these guys are like, look, man, let's talk through this and, and have given me incredible advice. And she and I have done coaching couples coaching uh, as a result. And it's been, we even do it proactively, like everything's great, but we should still do this. It's like yeah. getting a physical or going to the dentist, right? Yeah. Like preventative yeah. work. So yeah. I think that's incredible. And, and, and that's where, um, and that's where we are. Um, yeah. That's where we are too. So um, Rick Hale built by his memory. Um, one time he said, as long as one of the spouses is unwilling to quit, there's a chance. Yeah. And so like, just like that notion in of itself, or sometimes there's things like personally, they're just, they don't work. So who's your tribe that you're going through it with? Who are guys who have been in situations that like it didn't work and that you can lean on and, and get counsel from hundred percent. And, um, and, and so a mentor told me one time, I was like, we all think that, um, in life occasionally and i said this a little bit earlier but in life occasionally we have storms and and but otherwise it's typically smooth water and they're like yeah. it's the opposite life is a storm and occasionally we're in smooth waters right so like we oh, know yeah. there's going to be we know there's going to be storms so now what are we doing to prepare for it and how can we have the foresight to see ahead of us whether that's um you know a group of guys who are older than us they have older kids than us have been married longer than us or a higher net worth than us, kind of like what storms are we going to encounter and to gain the wisdom that I should know now? Well, mm. go go bonus collectively is a whole group of those people. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I love that. Real quick on uh, with uh, with your with your wife, I made the joke. It was a very it was a relationship event, right? I don't know if you were in there when I made the joke just before announcing Jesse Itzler. Um, but the first day was you know Preston smiles. There was that hugging exercise, which was very deep i i broke down i broke down on stage talking about like what the impact of that on me and then later it was um there was like a wim hof breathing thing and people were laying on the floor doing meditations and everything i made the joke that hey if you brought your spouse to convince her that you're not part of a cult probably the wrong event <laughs> but how did how did she take it what was her reaction i'm curious yeah so this is something that is also kind of unique i mean not unique but we came in the morning so we got there right in the middle of uh jesse Oh. We, were not, we were not there the day before because our daughter had a uh, like a school a school holiday play. Got it. And so we came in early, early on Thursday. Ironically, and a little bit surprised, she heard about all of that, and she heard about uh, the hugging. You're hugging a random person, and these are like people's spouses, right? <laughs> and I think someone was like, maybe the the guy was shorter and the female was tall. I was like Mark you know, like, Bixie and Dustin Baldwin's wife. Yeah, she's like five one. He's like six eight. So yeah, that that was the hug. <laughs> They're like butt grabbing and all. So she's hearing this. She she was like, I would have loved that. Well, she wow. she she's six feet. Carrie six feet. I was like, you probably would have had your ass grabbed a few times in that <laughs> exercise. She's like, yeah, it would have been great. <laughs> in in terms of in the breathing and all of it. Um, so, so we missed it, but you know, just and also telling people where we were, yeah. everyone's response immediately is like, you know, that's where you should be. Yeah. You, you should be with your daughter. And then we came in uh, early that morning. Yeah. Your wife's an athlete, right? She's uh, she, the athlete of the family, even more so than you. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of course. No, no doubt. <laughs> no, no doubt. That's cool. Um, all right. So from a standpoint for you, you're in the insurance, what do we say? Insurance tax advantage, life insurance and estate planning business. What is that? What does that mean? What is tax advantage? I mean, I, I I know what life insurance is. What is tax advantage life insurance? Yeah, so I think uh, what you see, and you see this more than ever now, uh, people are getting really good at marketing uh, and podcasts related to life insurance, and they kind of have their spin on a product. 
Mm. And then they're selling that product to everybody. So they could call it infinite banking. They could call it a banking system. They could call it invest investor acceleration or whatever they came up with a word that they just like totally made up that uh, is selling a product. Yeah. Um, and so like we, we do all of that, um, but also uh, take an approach of being very much an, an advisor, kind of a personal advisor and, and thinking holistically in, in how insurance can be utilized in an estate as well and being involved in someone's estate. So, so life insurance is just an instrument. It's a, it's a financial instrument that can create leverage in, on someone's balance sheet and their estate. And there's a lot of different ways it can be used and a lot of different products. And so what a lot of people out there do is they're, they're kind of all selling the same product to everybody or they're selling the same company to everybody or they're selling one strategy to everybody. And so um, we try really hard to, to, to really go deep in this arena and be able to be a consult a consultant type advisor and teacher to really all of those strategies kind of depending on where someone's situation is or net worth or age and, and things like that. Makes sense. How, uh, what, what you are you, you have your own business in this, correct? Are you a business owner or are you working for like a Wells Fargo or not working for, but like partnered up with a Wells Fargo or something like that? What does that structure look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's business owner, not a W2. Um, I'm licensed with uh, about 12 different insurance carriers. Uh, I can be licensed with any insurance carrier. Every single insurance carrier that exists, I either have a contract with or can have a contract with uh, yeah. within just a few weeks. Um, and you yeah, service I, anywhere, anywhere in the country, or are you are you in, mostly in, in, anywhere in the in the in the 50 states? Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then I, and I have you know an employees, a team, a staff. That's all. Uh, kind of 1099 revenue and then, you know, run the PL. All right. When you went to that first GoBundance event in 2014, you said you came back uh, wanting to buy 30 houses or rental properties. And I think you made the joke. Your wife's like, you don't even know what a rental property is. So I'm curious, like, you've got this business. You know, I know you've done well with it, which you're blessed to, to, to have done well with it. What is your investment strategy for yourself right now? Or is it a real estate thing? Are you buying your own stuff? Is it more of a passive strategy? Is it everything? I'm just kind of curious where you like when, because I think one of the things about GoBundance that I love is, is the concept of horizontal income and growing it. But I think vertical income gets vilified a little bit, right? Like, oh, it's not good to have vertical. But at the same time, we're all purpose-driven, right? We're none of us, you're not sitting on, if you don't, if you're not on, John is in incredible shape. You can tell he's a driven, he looks like Captain America, for God's sake. I mean, he's, he's a, you can tell he's an athlete, right? So this, this is, you're not the guy that's going to sit on a beach. You've got drive and ambition. You're young, all of that stuff. So you're vertical, you're still pushing toward. And I always, I always think that that's kind of the disconnect. Like, yes, you passive, but if I gave you $200 million today, after you go travel the world and buy a house for your mom and do all that stuff, if you have any ambition in life, you're going to come back and do something. So this is your something, right? Like you're, you're driving. So you're driving a big vertical or as much as you possibly can there, right? While serving others in your business. Then what? How do you how do you transition that into your wealth building strategy and or passive income strategy? Yeah, I think as I've met other GoBundance guys, the beauty of GoBundance today compared to then, where you know thirty of thirty five people were Keller Williams real estate agents. Today, there's so much diversity. You know, I met a GoBundance brother yesterday who's a pediatric dentist. Yeah, and and he, you know, I was like, man, there's so many different industries represented in GoBundance now, and that's different. And so, you know, my, my biggest lesson in GoBundance kind of as it relates to my business 
is for everyone to continue to get to know who you are and creating your own self-awareness for your own strengths. Most Go Abundance guys are like ADD and like running 100 miles an hour and going, going, and especially in real estate. I'm not that way. I actually like sitting on the beach. So, you know, <laughs> I, I have to work differently. And that's partly what I think makes me really good in my business that I'm in right now, because I'm not just turning out life insurance policies, you know, putting people through a, uh, through a, a like a mill, a mill yeah. that, that they yeah. feel like they're a part of. Right. So I think in my space, that helps me a lot. But I'd be comfortable with that. So it's easy to kind of walk into a GoBundance meeting and say, hey, I'm not wired like everybody else. Mm. Or I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. And it takes a lot of self-assurance and also kind of finding your lane. And I would say I really have come kind of full circle in that. And uh, and kind of coming into GoBundance with connected to David Osborne, he, you know, he is a, he's a client of mine, but he's a mentor to me. And uh, kind of, I learned something from him, and I'll touch on that, and I learned something from Tim Rhodes. Okay. And so my first meeting, uh, really learning David's space. So David built up horizontal income along the way, but he really built, you know, his core business, you know, to be solid. And so as he built everything else, he had a really solid core business that was cash flowing. And he was like, he was the guy, the leader in that core business. To where like if everything else really didn't work, that core business was rock solid. And he was very intentional and very focused and driven in that space. And so, um, and then I had a conversation with Tim Rowe in that same meeting. I was like, why would I buy like a, a, a residential rental property where I'm going to make $500 a month when I have the chance to make a million plus a year in my own business and then eventually buy a commercial property? And they're telling everyone to get started with residential. And he was like, yeah, you know, if I were you, like, I'd just get residential and wait till you could do maybe multifamily, commercial, whatever it may be. But the beauty of the residential is the way for everybody to get started, right? So just kind of understand yeah. what's my situation, how to apply what I'm learning to my situation. And and then, so from there, I uh, I kind of got off of that. I'm going to go do, get involved in real estate, kind of following David's lead and say, how can I really establish my core business to be rock solid? Now, this is at a time that my family is growing. So we're having, you know, one child, two children, three children. I gave you a story like we moved three times in one year, you know. So there's also a season for these things. And I think a lot of us can either crash and burn emotionally or personally or financially because we're just trying to take on too much in the wrong season. So identify, hey, there's time to do all these things. But what's my season right now? Because my children's... Um, development can't take a back seat to my balance sheet because they're young and they need me. So my season right now, my number one season is my, is my kids, mm. you know, and if I can build along the way and really grow, then I'm going to do that. So I, I've, I've been really slow in doing anything with real estate for almost 10 years. Cause the other side was, that's not my business. So along the way, I'm meeting friends and, 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 and mentors and partners who I can partner with and recognizing what does it take for me to be the investor in all of this versus I partner with someone or mm -hmm. I'm a passive or I'm a passive investor. You know, and people say, well, you know, passive investors return might not be as good. Like, yeah, but that's not my core business, right? And the beauty is we have a lot of go abundance guys, that's their core business. And you could be a passive investor for them. So that's just sort of my space. 
and then really bullet bulletproof my team and my business. So when I do go make these moves, you know, there's really no one in my family or our lifestyle or my core business is not at risk. And so um, last year, I bought a commercial property with a partner. Um, so, you know, we've kind of gotten into commercial real estate some uh, while minimizing, uh, minimizing the risk and learning along the way. But I was very patient in doing it because you're also looking at the market. And my belief was at some point the market will shift. And what I learned from Dave is I want to be the person with the most cash when the market shifts. Mm. But that takes discipline and due diligence to build up those cash reserves while establishing everything. While everyone else is out there doing a lot of really cool shit that I'm having to say no to, you know, and I've seen other go abundance guys too um, want to get into many different verticals or many different businesses. And uh, my good friend, uh, Wally, we were at a meeting one time. Wally Elabar said, well, Wally, well, if you just made $10 million doing mortgage, <laughs> you'd be okay. Yeah. You know, and, be a, and, you, and you buy a lot of other units, invest a lot of other units along the way. And that was a time where he was he was doing a lot of multiple businesses and being stretched thin. And that's in that. That's what he did. And now he's, you know, he's exploded. And, uh, you know, I think Wally Elabari is has one of the coolest stories in all of the abundance. It does. But the people who have really accelerated their net worth, they what I learned is they really stayed in their lane, in their core business longer, even when it got a little bit boring. Uh, to continue to really accelerate that vertical income to be able to make bigger ticket investments. And, and that was, that's been my approach. So I hope I'm asking, answering your question. But the, 100%, man. The other part is what I realized that the bigger the check you can write, the bigger your partners are. Oh. And so I kind of look at it as like, well, I could do a $50,000 deal and I could partner with my, my, my local real estate agent on a flip. Or I could write a hundred thousand dollar check, and I kind of get a different level partner. Well, if you ask David or you talk to others, it's like, hey, what kind? You know, minimum level investment two hundred fifty thousand or five hundred thousand. You know, maybe if you could write a million dollar check, you're partnering with a billionaire. You know, potentially minimizing risk, excel. You know, increasing return because you can just write a bigger check. And so the the vert for those that have opportunity for bigger vertical incomes is having confidence and, and staying patient minimizing risk with knowledge and expertise and relationships and then when you go in you're 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 going slower but then you're writing a bigger check when you go are you naturally inclined to have that that sense of delayed gratification is that you or or when you're seeing all these guys doing all these things are you like i i'm I, i'm holding on i i think it's the right thing but shit i'm losing yeah. out like are you naturally inclined for to delayed gratification? Is that a gift? Maybe. I also think we're having this conversation where I'm a little bit more seasoned and mature. Sure. And I have had seasons in my life where I was stretched way too thin. And so it's really getting confident in what your priorities are. You know, I, I can't have delayed gratification with my children because they're only going to be nine, seven, and four for one year. <laughs> True. Yeah. I can have delayed gratification for money for owning a jet one day, you know, like, I mean, I don't need, I don't need that now, but my children are going to change. My, mm -hmm. my wife and I are going to be in the season again. And just really realizing that's important. I also think being in my business and there was a client who was a go abundance champion and who passed away unexpectedly and having some other clients who were, you know, like who I met and went through the process with and just seeing, you know, life can happen. And so I always kind of ask myself, 
if I walked into a doctor's office today, Jamie, you're my doctor, and you said, hey, John, I got some bad news, man, like you got stage four cancer. And uh, you probably have 12 months. Mm. And I go back to my house and I tell uh, Carrie, what would I care about for the next 12 months? You know, I'd want to do some really cool stuff. Mm. I might want to go take down one last deal, maybe. You know, but I kind of asked myself, I was like, all right, well, what would my answer be in that situation? I probably should be living that way every day. And I think that has kind of put some things in perspective for me because I've had friends and clients that that was said to them by their doctor. Yeah. And so I think that puts some things in perspective. Um, one other thing, a story that Wally Walton shares, he challenged me once on, you know, like the real estate profile. And again, everybody's different. So this is your if this is your profile, I say, go find a mentor. That's their profile and follow it. But he was like, you know, just take shots, take shots, take shots, learn lessons along the way, take shots. And you got to yeah. take action. And, you know, we come to go abundance, like take action, take action. And so he's like challenging me. He's like, John, you need to take more action, take more shots. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I understand what you're saying, but I do take shots. I do have courageous action. But my goal is when I, when I shoot that dart, that I want to hit bullseye every single time. And so there's kind of a balance between like paralysis by analysis and not and taking still taking action. But I've grown in my confidence in who I am as that person. Like that's my profile. That's who I am. And when I go around and try to be somebody else, I can I can do pretty good, but it's not sustainable. And so it's really understanding what is sustainable for me in in, in terms of who I am as a person and what we're what what works well for me. So when I can go in and go abundance and I can, you know, whatever somebody else is doing, I can be their biggest cheerleader. It's like, that's awesome. Try to get perspective from how I can to help that person. And then yeah. yeah, still have confidence. Okay. But, but I can't do that. But my genius is something else, you know, and you kind of said that earlier when we were talking, you know, be confident in, in, in what your genius is and, and then allow yourself to other people that have different geniuses. And I think that's kind of the sweet spot of, uh, of, of this group. How do you, how do you stay? So the perspective makes sense. The business and the industry that you're in that, you know, you have stage four cancer, you got 12 months, like that's you, you get a front row seat to that fortunately or unfortunately, right. You know, like you get a front row seat to that. How do you maintain that? Do you have a process or a system or a way of thinking like when a guy like Wally, I mean, Wally's not subtle, right? So like when a guy like Wally's coming at you saying, Dude, like I could see uh, he's Coach Wally, right? Like you're getting riled up and like, uh, uh, go take it down, right? Like you're going to go, you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said something about priorities, being clear on who you are, and that's all great. And I could sit here and I could list you, <laughs> list you my priorities right now. I could. This may be just coaching for me here. But in the moment, I can get fired up. I can get excited and then make decisions based on that, forgetting that, the, oh, shit, does that really play into my priorities? Probably not. It's gonna be fine, but shit, probably doesn't fit. Like, if I were to really anchor in, like, I just took something on that doesn't really resonate. And as we go into twenty twenty three, and I want to talk about this, um, as we go into this new year, as this is released, probably like at the beginning of it, as we go into the new year, I think about that. Like, okay, I'm really clear on where I want to go, but I'm worried or wondering where I get derailed. So, how do you? With all that pressure, with all that energy, with the kinds of guys that you're you've resonated with, like driven, uber successful, pushy guys, like I said, not subtle. How do you remind yourself 
of the guy who got the news, the client of yours, that he's stage four and has 12 months to live and that you have a nine, seven and four year old at home and that you shouldn't travel on that day to be at this event because you should be there. How do you remind yourself of that? Or do you, is it just there? I, just you have a process or a, advice, just thoughts. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think um, it's a collection of things. And these are like muscles that we build. You know, you build habits, you build certain muscles, you build, uh, you develop muscles as your mindset. So it's a collection of things. And it's number one is, is being very aligned with my wife and making sure my wife holds me accountable. So you, what you described is all these people and, I, and, and, and David and Carrie met each other last week for the first time. I was like, y'all are the same person. <laughs> yeah, David Osborne in the house, just with a wig. <laughs> a lot sexier, but yes, yes. But I mean, she holds me accountable. You know, I, I didn't marry a pushover. So she would say, that's really about you. That's really about your ego, you know, um, and be a massive supporter. You can do this. You're already, you know, you're already enough. You don't need all of that to, to be worthy to us. And so I, I think my and my partner at home and I, and I walk around, I see my kids in my house and I have a relationship with my kids. I think a lot of dads are dads. Great dads have relationships with their kids. Mm. And, and, and that's different. Outside of that, I would say it's everything I've learned from David Osborne. It's written goals, daily reviewing in the morning. Um, being grounded, being spiritually grounded, being grounded in my identity, starting my day with reading, starting the day with gratitude, you know, starting the day of what I want to do today and kind of having that written out in, in, you know, in the magical handwritten notebook, just like David. And I learned a lot of that from him kind of tying in uh, the book, the one thing, and there's a book called the 12 week year. So like, mm. those two books, plus David Osborne was a foundation of my like goal setting and intentionality. And then I think then you have to have groups of accountability. So which is the beauty of the GoPod mm. or, you know, and I kind of have like the GoPod, like in different areas of my life. So I met with three guys this morning at 6 a.m. in the morning. And it's very much a personal kind of spiritual and personal meeting. And then, you know, then you have your your business GoPods and then you have your accountability to just actions group, you know, and, and sharing with people like, hey, this is this is I'm. Well, you just kind of said it like I'm capable of doing this, but this is what I really want to do, or this is who I really want to be. So I'm giving you permission to call me out. And I and I'm I think I have um a reputation in kind of my circles here locally, at least, of being like very disciplined. Like I'm the most undisciplined person I know. And you can ask my wife and kids, hmm. but I do set up a lot of guardrails. And I do set up a lot of um, non-negotiables to hold me accountable. As I continue to fail in, in decisions, you know, and the things that sure, I do. Sure, sure, yeah. You know, um, but I, I think we either surround ourselves sometimes with, with either people that we don't want to listen, we, we're not going to listen to them, or uh, we don't have that accountability group, uh, or we just don't know where the hell we're going you know, or what we're doing. And you still have, you do have to take shots and you don't hit bullseye every time. And I can list through all the failures that I've had and investments in something I, where I have people where I lost money mm. and uh, things like, so we still have to do these things and fail and learn and reflect. So I, I would say re, re, um, clarity, therapist, mm. uh, intentional written goals, daily review and then accountability partners like all of that collectively is at least the best the best chance 
and then we're still great miss. It's a great formula. It's a great formula, though. I like that. Talk about 2023 for you. I don't know if you've sat down and already planned this. We're about midway through the month of December as we as we record this. But when you go into a new year, I mean, there's always the New Year's resolutions and all that. But you're again, you're an accomplished guy. You've got you've got uh, 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 successes across all these different pillars because of that system that you just gave us, right? All the way down through accountability. How do you look at 2023 or a new year in general, if you want to go that way? But is there something you want to achieve this year? Is there something you want to be sure you're clear on this year? Just kind of curious about that. Yeah, I would say um, 2017 was the first year that I really hit an income number that I was like, I can never make any more money than this and be fine. <laughs> so we found, you know, I mean, I still need to make money. I'm not, you know, uh, that's not covered by passive income, but lifestyle. Yep. I kind of drew a level of like goalposts and not keep moving the goalposts at least. Yeah. And then, you know, and then uh, kind of there are, you will add on to that. There's no doubt. So, so six years later, I'm, I'm as much focused on growing in my relationships with the people in my house mm. and those experiences and investing in those people. Like if all the leadership I've learned, you know, what if I what if I put that in intentionality I've learned, but my wife was my biggest client? What would our relationship look like? Mm. And I treat it in, and I put that leadership into, into my children. So um, and and then really recognizing as I grow, this is different for everybody, uh, at least. But as I grow spiritually, like I'm becoming more foundational into these things that we're discussing and I'm becoming uh, less stressed and more at peace and more just like on the journey uh, which is very counter go abundance early on yeah you know i mean i told matt king i was like i think where i am today if i would have said this in 2015 they might have kicked me out of go abundance <laughs> man i'm good you know what i mean um yeah like, no you gotta be growing you gotta be doing this it's like yeah. no we'll, we'll be worth 50 million like we'll be worth 100 million and whatever we are i'm kind of putting limitations on it, actually like really putting it down so so this year is is really continuing to, to grow active income and passive income mm. while while working less. So what metrics can allow me to do that? And then while I'm working less, who are the people that I want to be invested in? And then and then, and then what does that look like? What does a win with my wife look like? What does a win with my kids look like at the end of the year? Yeah. What does a win, you know, me and kind of wisdom personally and spiritually look like? And then obviously the financial, you know, we always go to the financial numbers first. And that part's easy. And I'll kind of I'll kind of finish. I'm assuming we're probably wrapping up here soon. So you're good. Keep going. Uh, yep. Uh, last year was the first year I ever wrote down a giving goal hmm. as my number one goal. And I would say I had the most transformative year personally in 2022 of any year. Why? I just think because it took my heart to a different place. It took my um, I have enough to a different place. And ironically, as I I wrote a quarterly goal of how much money I wanted to give, I had no idea where I was going to give it. And it was a number that really made me think, how is this even possible? Mm -hmm. and, and me still be like comfortable, <laughs> comfortable with it. And then, but as I started looking for places to give, like a little GoFundMe account pops up here, go abundance neighbor, house burned down, someone I've never met. It was like $5,000. Or, you know, someone else, um, you know, a young family spouse got cancer, you know, and gave some there. My business just continued to explode. 
in a way that was very like kind of odd, I, w- I would think. But it just as I went through like the storms of the year, it just, it just felt like it was in a different place. So I, I think that was, um, we talk about being givers and give abundance. You know what I mean? Like we talk about genuine contribution. There's a lot of different ways to do that. There, yeah. There's time, leadership, and, and money. And But I never really made financial giving a priority. And I would say that was a big like uh, moment for me this year. It was just sort of that experience. Um, carrying a little bit extra cash with me so uh the go abundance champions things like who carries a money clip you know who carries cash and i wrote mm-hmm. raise my hand, i do my goal is to give away all the cash i carry mm-hmm. not all at one time you know but you know could could be someone at a hotel could be someone standing outside of target it could be but but most of the cash that i carry i'm gonna deduct everything i spend but most of the cash i carry like my goal is to give it away and i got that from a mentor he would take $2,000 on a vacation with him. And the goal was to come back with none of it and had given it all away to just people that he sees out and about. Wow. And it wow. created a real, a real heart of generosity. So I really started practicing that uh, last year. Um, yeah, I would say that was, a, that was a pretty big game changer for me. How are you, at what point does somebody have the right to even think about the work less part? In other words, you're doing it now over the last couple of years. You're trying to figure out, okay, how do I continue to build experiences while working less? Somebody listening to this, you know, I mean, I know if you're just starting or launching a business, there's obviously going to be some time in that, but is it a minimum income level? Is it a minimum team size? Is it a minimum amount of hours on task before you have the right? Or is it something that people should be working on right away? Like when did you decide it was time to work on working less and being present more with family and other priorities? For, for me, it was uh, really forced probably when my son was about five years old and kind of really realizing that I had missed uh, a, a good bit of time with him. This is your nine-year-old? Your son, my, the my oldest? Yeah. Got it. And, and yep. almost like didn't even remember uh, a lot of it. So my wife would say things like, hey, you remember when Jack would do this? It's like, no. You were there, and I, but I don't remember. Because mm. my mind was thinking about the business. Um, and I just told myself, I don't want that to uh, ever happen again. And I, st- I still don't remember a lot. You know, that's just kind of how we're all wired, right? Um, but but I think early on, you know, we we as leaders, as men of our, of our household, and, you know, I mean, people maybe in GoBundance have spouses that make more money than them too. So, you know, everyone's situation is a little bit different, but it's like, hey, there are things you have to do to take care of your family and making yeah. money is one of them. Yeah. And so I would really say, um, once your family, you haven't, you're at an income that, you know, whatever kind of five-year short-term vision you have, when that's been created, I think people get in trouble because they keep moving the lifestyle to be bigger too soon. Then they become workaholics and try to keep up with it for the most part, or that net worth becomes their identity, you know, and, and David has talked a little bit, and I'm not putting words, you know, a hundred, I mean, everyone knew like hundred million dollars is a number. So what he told me when I met him, he was at 45 when I met him. It's like a hundred. And now I can sit with him, you know, just a couple months ago, I was like, how do you feel? And he's like, you know, it really doesn't, doesn't matter. It's like, I, I got a nice plane, but like, I have that kind of mentor sharing into me. And he's like, how much are you making? He's like, oh, that's enough. You know, like focus on your kids, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but I, but I think we just have to get clear on, what do we want our lifestyle to be and at what level of business are we really comfortable and then you know what are just our opportunities if we're not allowed more hours what other levels do we need to pull 
and uh, levels levers do we need levers yep yeah and, and and most of us have that right whether it's bigger deals you know it's a it's investing in our team create more margin of time you know mo most of us have that so just making sure we're not in the rat race i think david calls it your air game and your ground game mm. you know we're always in the ground game so much that we never step back up to look at it from the air game perspective yeah and that's what that daily weekly and kind of 12 week year reflection can help us with you know and i'll i don't know, i'll just throw this out there i don't know if there's a question or just a a, a statement or you can just react as you hear things you know but I think about 2023 for me, we were talking, you know, I've, I've, I've so similar. I'm a little later in life than you have kind of had these re realizations or whatever after, after leaving a W2 job, but yeah, passive, 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 you know, everything's going to be passive income and try to figure out a way to build horizontal income. So grind, 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 grind. And I find myself doing a lot of things. I find myself, you know, okay, well, yeah, I do this. And yeah, I also do this and also do this. And it's funny how people call that killing it. Oh, you're killing it. It's like, well, I'm killing me. So <laughs> I guess I'm killing it in some ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 2023, like I've I've come to accept, I've had a lot of work <laughs> with my pod on this, that my best and highest use isn't, you know, we talked about this, this uh, you know, summer collapse potentially coming, this text I got with interesting information about, you know, uh Freddie and Fannie loans and all that. And I'm like, man, I, that's interesting. I would never ever come up with that. I would never, it's just not interesting enough to me to sit there and be that guy. So I'm not that guy. I'm not that real estate guy. I love what real estate does. I love the outcome. I love the output. I love the, the you know, the tax event. All that's great. But at the end of the day, what I love is being on stage. I love what I did with Jesse Itzler. I love what I did with Exhibit a few months ago. You were all into Exhibit. That was yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> exhibit fan. Um, he was, yeah, he was amazing. Um, I love getting on stage speaking. I love uh, doing this podcasting. I, my my gift is in communication. My area of genius is around communication. And when it comes to these sorts of things, interviewing people or whatever, man, I go deep on it. So 2023 for me is daring to go all in on that, almost like daring to get in flow and mm -hmm. pushing the rest to the to the side. And part of that to me means I've got to position myself where somebody told me this. They're like, you leave a lot of transactional value on the table because you're negotiating your own terms. Like somebody else needs to do that because you're just too nice a guy. I'm like, oh shit, that's true. That's true. So allowing others that want to, my wife being one of them, support me. Um, I have an operator that that works with me and he wants a bigger role and like allowing some of that and putting myself in a place where I'm all in on what I think I'm great at, giving myself the year to really be in that space, let others take care of the things that I'm not great at, which is most everything else. Um, and daring to get in that flow state. When I think about you know, working less or whatever, doing less, the air game versus the ground game. That's how I'm interpreting it. I don't know how that lands with you, if that makes sense, or if that's like, yeah, I think you got to think another level on this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's what can what can I do that no one else can do? Yeah. What What is like my that. gift that I can do that no one else can do? And then, I, of course, you can hire, you can hire everything else. But then there's a sequence and timing to all of that. You know, so in, in, in the financial industry, I think in kind of residential real estate, you hear this too. Someone's first question is like, how big is your team? You know, I have 20 people working for me. It's like, okay, but are you broke? Because I, I, I'm focused on profit. So, right, you know, right. I was like, but so it's kind of getting clear on when you make these decisions. And that's where counseling, you know, counsel from your brothers can help. But uh, the more you can do of your one gift, likely the bigger opportunities are going to be presented to you you know 
And and Osborne's gift, in my in my opinion, early on was accountability. But I mean, his vision, his ability to negotiate partnerships. I mean, like he he's like no one I've ever met. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so um, we have to learn other skills. But you know, you getting clear, in my opinion, you getting clear on like, hey, I love this. Uh, another mentor describes like, do you get energy from it? Do more of that. You know now. Makes sense. We have to figure out how do we make money doing things that give us energy, right? right. But we also have to be self-assured in, in what gives us energy. And if that's not the same as everyone else around us, we, then that's okay because we're just different or you're just different, you know? Yeah. And, and we can, um, with some clients and especially guys in GoBundance, like especially when they come into GoBundance and it's like, hey, Everybody's doing multifamily. Everybody's doing this. I need to go get into this. I mean, God forbid people, you know, crypto and like in the way they didn't know. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, what the hell do you know about that? You can make a million dollars in this lane. Be careful chasing everybody else. So it's kind of the gift. And it's, it's certainly not a curse of abundance, but you have to kind of guard yourself. Like there's a lot of people making money a lot of different ways. Yeah. Almost all of it is good. That doesn't mean all of it's meant for you or for me. You know, and in sort of what is that genius? And I think that's what you're what you're coming across. And I'm I'm assuming it's affecting every other area of your life when most of your work is in what gives you energy. Hundred percent. It's so funny that they, yes, in fact, I called this. I wrote my newsletter on this. I called it like uh, redlining. And it's funny, my pod corrected me on this, and they were right. So I called it redlining. Like I'm like, man, I feel like I go 120 in a car that can go 180. Right. And then I dial it back because this car over here for, on my business, on, on what my genius, whatever, on what I'm trying to build from a financial and business standpoint. Well, I dial it back because I, you know, my family's in this car. So let me dial that up 120, although it can go 180. But, I, you know, my health, I got to make sure, you know, so you kind of like you, you run up the speedometer, then you dial it back to make sure everything stays in balance. When in reality, what I wonder is if I dial this up to 180, my gift, my thing, if I really get really focused and singularly focused and get past that point of, well, I pushed hard enough, not push, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm enough in my lane here at 120, but if I let it get to 180 and my, where my, where my um, pod corrected me is like, well, red line has the implication of like doing more, more like this is a finely tuned engine that you've never allowed to shift to the final gear at 180, where it's just flowing. Right. But when you do that, because I know when I look, when I go away and come back, from a speaking engagement, from a, an event like that, yeah. I'm probably the best father on those subsequent yeah. days. I'm probably the best yeah. husband. My yeah. cup is full, right? So it doesn't mean travel every weekend and get away. But the point is, if I can, if I rev this thing up and get it to really like pushing beyond what I've been comfortable with to get it into on cruise, man, at 180 high performance, final, final gear, does the rest of it come with? Because it's going to force me to be to your point, not build a huge team, but to be, do. what did you, you said it, what can I do that no one else can do, uh, that no one else can do as, as well as I can? Like, it's going to force me to be more on task on those things and not doing the minutia, which makes me feel fulfilled. And by doing so, when I'm fulfilled, I put the phone down when I'm around my kids, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So that's think, my thought. I think, I think as long as your identity doesn't come from that going 180 mm. and your self-worth isn't riding that car at 180. How do you determine if it's if it's that or if it's just pure joy? The only way you can know, I guess. I think that's back to kind of your tribe and your accountability partners and hey, what what are you guys seeing? What are my blind mm. spots? You know, I, I think I think 
you can have pure joy and it not be your self-worth you know like the the danger in like this like social media brand is what if it all turned off yeah you know are people like incredibly depressed you know are they relieved or they're like all right well i'm good i don't really i didn't i didn't really care about that anyway it's, it's just like having like the really nice car can you have a really nice car well as long as you know money is is the is not the root of evil the love of money is the root of evil so it's yeah. like i can have the nice car as long as i don't care that much about the car mm. so if i'm getting my joy and i'm getting all of this through driving in this lane as long as you know at the end of the day if on my last day on my deathbed i'm gonna be proud of what i did but my self-worth didn't come from what i did wow man in in in, in my in my opinion this is my my opinion that's you know? great that makes a ton of sense and the better and in um someone told me once they're like john the world's going to tell you that you're blessed and i wouldn't wish on my children what you're going to go through and and what they meant by that is like the more you go 180 in that car everyone's telling you how great you are oh yeah everyone's yeah. telling you like you're the man everyone's telling you know there's more women around you not less they mm. look more beautiful not less like it's like yeah. there's more distraction taking you away from your kids now if you can do all that and still remember who means the most to you what's most important in your mm. priorities that then i think that's fantastic and you can change the world possibly but you're also at risk of losing your way you're greater at risk i think in some cases riding that edge right that's right so you know when when i think um I feel like I'm, I'm mentioning Osborne a lot, but like when he gets past that point and he's like, you know, it really doesn't matter anymore. Like, does he stop making less money? Like, no, he makes more money. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Probably because you don't care that much about it. Yeah. Right. When all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, if I, if I were to build my business and I'm looking at how can I give away versus take all of a sudden my business keeps growing even more. And so I think kind of the, the, I don't know the term the, the flow part of the flow in the nirvana in the sweet spot is you are getting your joy you're in your fulfillment you're in your your greatest gifts you're getting great energy and it's not where you find yourself worth mm -hmm. and it's not why your spouse loves you it's not why your kids love you if you can kind of balance all that like that that's operating in excellence in my opinion in all the pillars but there are greater risk when you go there yeah. You know? And I think I think um, we are all wired that we're, we're, we're here to do great things, you know, while on earth. So so we want I mean, I think I think we're called to go there in many ways, you know, like you, you can have a great impact on what you're doing. So just understanding what are my risks and then my accountability partners around me to make sure that, you know, I'm still keeping the main thing, the main thing when it comes to me as a person. Man, you ever think about coaching? <laughs> uh yeah i mean yeah i mean i mean uh i i love i love that part i love that teaching and development more than my own business yeah but my own business affords me opportunities to hopefully have conversations and, and all this way and i always say like what i'm sharing is what i'm telling myself and reading yeah, yeah. myself and you know um there's there's being afraid to go 180 and then saying okay now I've minimized my risk I'm going to go 180 yeah you know? um, go after the big deal but a lot of us forget to minimize our risk first build the foundation first now now whenever we hit that big goal it's gonna it's gonna hold 
um, yep. versus eventually crumble, which is what we see or may see in six to 12 months a lot. Spoken like a great coach and a guy in the insurance industry. So <laughs> yeah, I, I can share, uh, you know, when I started in my business, I was afraid of being like the life insurance guy. Like my wife yeah. felt like no, nobody would ever want to hang out with us anymore. I didn't know that until like they still did, you know, but part <laughs> of it is like people say, you know, the joke is like, you, if you're on an airplane and you don't want people to talk to you, you tell them that you sell life insurance. And uh, that's smart. Yeah. But part of it is just owning what you do. Now people ask what I do. I was like, I, I, I sell life insurance to rich people. <laughs> you know, like just owning it. And that's part of my own growth in my own business. You know, it's and we all go through that. That's part of why I share it. Like we all go, we all go through that in different, different layers at different times. I love that, man. I, I get that that insecurity a little bit about about, you know. What are you doing? I default to real estate because it's the most explainable or socially acceptable. Because I do, I syndicate real estate. I'm a real estate syndicator, right? Like that's what I default to. But what I don't get into is, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm a course creator or a speaker or anything like that because it's like, okay, that's well, who the hell are you? I've never heard you know, like that whole thing. I don't want to be that guy, right? Like I don't want to be that guy. But I like what you said because I think you know you're stating your sort of like your purpose in what you do as opposed to the job that you do or the job that, you know, like the work that you do. Right. So I sell life insurance to rich people. Like there's some purpose in that, right. I'm helping people preserve wealth through life insurance products, tax advantages, all of that stuff. I'm going to take that. I'm going to steal. Not that I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to, and most people think rich people don't need life insurance. So it kind of like, well, that's kind of counterintuitive to what I thought. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. Let's wrap this with the abundance card game question that I want you to drop where people can learn more about you and what you do. So what is the biggest lie that you've ever told? Oh, geez, man. <laughs> um, I never tell guests while you're thinking about that. I'm just for those listening. I never tell guests the question. Some people think like it's teed up, like never. I refuse to. So no one knows this question before I ask it. So this is a tough one. Biggest lie you've ever told. Maybe get your wife. <laughs> she, yeah, it'd be interesting. It's she says. So, you know, fortunately, <laughs> I have um, not been in a position of any kind of uh, marital, you know, uh, lie. Yeah. Uh, I think probably what I've really learned from Carrie recently is I grew up in a family, like, literally told you, like, hey, a little white lie never hurt. Mm. And you know where where kind of I've grown to the last couple of years, and I think this is helping to me in my business too. Is you know it's like just tell the truth in the details too. You know, so like, is there some big lie? I don't know that I can really think of one, but is there like a little like all these like little subtle like not all of the truths? You know, there's probably thousands of those, mm. and that's, that's even in my family. It's in it's in my story. Uh, I mentioned I make a lot of counseling through this, you know, so, yeah. um, but what I've learned from her as it hurt, she's an Enneagram eight. And, and I think it's helping me <laughs> in my business too. It's just, you know, Hey, here's the detail. Here's the truth, you know, and, and just, and just own it. Mm. Um, so I would say my biggest lie is probably a collect, a collection of like little bitty, not full truths. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's a pretty weak answer. That's a good one. I don't know I that I have. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I, I honestly, know, I like, had, I had a lot of tutors do my homework in school at one point. You know, so 
I did cheat on a couple of tests in high school. There's a, but there's, I, a, there's a skill of finding the girl to do your homework for you that serves you well in business. It doesn't hurt to be 6'2 and, uh, you know, built like a rock like you uh, are. I so that I mean, In business, I think David always says, like, like, you know, find the who to solve your problems. I'm like, all right, who's going to do this homework for me? Yeah, yeah. I'm not the guy that could have gotten the girls to do that. Maybe I could pay people. That was my, that was, that was what I could do, but. You could in who you are now. You like I have, a, I have a podcast. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. I love it. Man. Where can people learn more about John White and all that you do, my friend? Where do you want to direct them? Website, social media handle, whatever it might be. Yeah. So um, I have an Instagram underscore John dot M. I'm sorry, underscore John M White. But my email is uh, John dot M dot White at nm dot com. So Nancy Mary dot com. Um, like newmexico.com like nm yeah. new mexico you got that like new mexico didn't already have that no it's from northwestern mutuals or broker dealers so oh god i got it comes from. <laughs> I was like, how the hell did you get nm that seems like the, that's incredible you should try selling that you may make a ton of money on the uh on the url that's awesome brother this yeah. is amazing it was awesome seeing you last week and um I don't know. We've had a couple of conversations and just, I, you know, I knew we'd go deep, but some of the stuff that you went through, especially at the end, I got to go back and listen to again, because you opened my mind on some things. So I appreciate you pouring into this show, this podcast and and being, being available to me on this. So thank you. I, I appreciate you. You know, I think, uh, I think my reflection on all of this is that, you know, it's a, it's a journey and we're going to fail a lot and not to, not to beat ourselves up so much while we fail. We just keep, keep pushing forward. Amen. And what better to do that with a group of guys like we have a good bunch? 100%, man. Appreciate you. I'll see you soon. All right, my man. Thank you.